Welcome to the Ignite Church Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We pray that this message will bring you hope and ignite your faith. Now lean in and enjoy the message. Last week we spoke about where are you, God? Have you ever felt that like you're in a situation and you're crying out to God like, God, where are you? Why haven't you responded? I've been crying out and you don't give me an answer. Are you really my friend? Are you really good like your word says? Because honestly, I don't feel you. I don't see you. I don't think you're here. And I think that all of us have had circumstances in our life like that, that we feel like God is not present, that we feel that God is absent, that God has forsaken us, that God has abandoned us. But the truth is, that God has not forsaken, God has not abandoned, and God has not forgotten us. God is with us. He just allows us to go through sometimes seasons in life to build us, and those are the times that we don't like. And sometimes hope does not seem to exist in the darkness. It just gets darker and darker and darker. But I came today to tell you there is hope in the darkness. There is hope in the dark. And we're going to see through God's Word that it's not always the same way that we want it. It's not the same method that we expected it's God's way because God's way is always best now I know you don't want to hear that because you're going through a circumstance this morning but but stay there you know stay steady because God has a blessing for you today God has a word for you today last week I shared a little bit about my story with my dad that everything just happened so quickly my dad was very healthy out of nowhere he gets a cough he goes to the doctor they realize that he has something on his on an x-ray they do a CT scan and while they're you know know days after he has a stroke and this is all happening like day after like quickly he has a stroke when he has a stroke they then tell him that he has edema carcinoma cancer in the lung they can't treat the cancer 40 days later my dad goes to be with Jesus and even though it was a horrible story and a horrible life situation that we went through we saw God in it all because like all circumstances in life God has never forsaken us God has never abandoned us we might feel abandoned and we might feel forsaken but that doesn't necessarily mean that our feelings are who God is. God is faithful. And you know, and in those times of moments, we ask ourselves, and if we're honest, we question our faith. We question, is what I'm believing really true? Has all the years that I've been going to church really worth it? Because I don't see God in my circumstance. I don't see God in the situation that I'm, I don't see God moving in my struggle. The Bible says that he struggles so that I won't have to struggle, but you know, he sympathizes with my struggle, but I don't feel like God is sympathizing with my struggle have you ever found yourself in that circumstance where you're like God where are you honestly you know I pray day and night I read your word I declare your word but I don't see anything changing if anything everything is getting worse and worse and worse it's getting darker by the minute God and I feel like you have abandoned me you have forsaken me you have forsaken me you have forsaken me have you ever felt like that You know, there's there's a story that we've been reading, and it's in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, where this prophet of God, he cries out to God because God gives him a vision. What is a prophet? A prophet is a man or a woman that speaks on God's behalf to God's people, right? That's the normal thing that a prophet does. But this prophet is completely different. This prophet is the type that doesn't speak to God's people on God's behalf. He speaks to God on the people's behalf Mm. because he doesn't agree with what God is doing. Has it ever happened to you that somebody gives you a a prophecy? (laughs) You know, God, somebody gives you a God word and you're like, ah, that's not it. That's not what, I don't accept that. 
believe that. I don't trust that. God, what are you trying to do in my life? And that's exactly what was happening with this prophet. You know, he receives this vision, this oracle, and instead of speaking to God's people on God's behalf, he turns back to God and says, how long do I have to cry out to you and how long will you not listen? Wow. That's strong. Sometimes we think that we have to treat God like, oh God, you're so beautiful, you know, softly. But here's the prophet. He is rough. He is raw. And he's like, how long do I need to cry and you won't listen? How long do I have to pray and you won't answer? I scream violence and yet you don't do anything. Wow. And the prophet is like, yo, I'm your servant. Why don't you do something? Sometimes we feel like that. Those of us that serve God and we've known God and we've walked with God and when we're going through a circumstance that we don't see an answer from God, we say, yo, what's up, dude? Like, I've been living my life for you. I've been doing good, quote unquote good. Why don't you answer me? Wow. Mm. My life is getting worse and worse. My relationships, instead of getting better, the more I pray, the worse they get. So I feel like I should stop praying. Mm. Have you ever felt like that? That yeah. you feel like the more you seek God, the more you do for God, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And you're like, well, you know what? Without God, I was better. Wow. And that's just lies that the enemy puts in our hearts. It's never better without God. It's never better without praying. It's never better without serving him. It's never better without seeking him. Those are temporary betters. God is in the works. Amen. God is in yeah. the works. Amen. God promised you something. And instead of you receiving it at the moment, you start questioning it. You're like, but how? What? When? Because I surely don't see it. Mm. I, I can't envision it. I, I, I can't. You know, it's funny because I say funny in, in lightly, right? Don't take me lightly when I say funny because it's not funny what happened. You know, he tells God, how long do I have to cry to you? How long will you not answer? And God answers. Mm. But he answers in a way he didn't want the answer. He says, I'm going to do a great thing. I'm going to do something amazing, something he's never seen before. And the prophet's like, okay, good, good, good. Finally, you're answering me. Finally, you're giving me the response I want. Finally, God and then comes the part where God says, I'm going to raise up your, your enemy. I'm going to make them strong and mighty, and they're going to come. And you're like, what? Wait, 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 God. You just said you're going to do something amazing. You're going to do something extraordinary. You're going to do something that I've never seen before, but you're, you're going to raise my, my enemy against me. You're going to use them to continue torturing me. You're going to use them to continue afflicting me. That's not the answer I wanted, God. Like sometimes we pray to God, God, do something, and instead of things getting better, they get worse. You're like, but I prayed for better. I believed for better. I believed for my breakthrough. You know what? I always believe that a good ask is good as long as you're willing to listen to God's response. Wow. It's okay to ask God questions. It's okay to question, but as long as you're willing to listen to his response and accept his response. Because sometimes God does not respond the way that we expect him to do. And here was surely not the same way this prophet expected it to happen. Some of the things that came to my mind as I was preparing this is some of the things that we say to ourselves, but God, if this were true, then why did you allow this? Dot, dot, dot. But God, if you are truly going to make things work together for my good, why am I still stuck in the same place? Yeah. And on and on and on the list goes. I think one of the worst things for a believer is feeling they're spiritually stuck. Yeah. 
It's feeling like you can't progress in life. But let me ask you a question. What does progress mean to you? How do you, well, what's the indicator that you're progressing in life? What is it, that gauge that you're using? Is it blessing? Is it breakthrough? Is that what you're using as, oh, I'm progressing. I have these breakthroughs. I have these blessings. Is that what the Bible promises? Because the Bible doesn't say that as long as you're blessed, you're progressing. Mm. As long as you have breakthrough, you are not stuck spiritually. There's people that have had breakthrough and yet they're still stuck. There's people that are blessed and yet they're really stuck. That doesn't necessarily mean you are progressing. Our growth is not dependent on our blessing or our breakthroughs. They're dependent on our faith. The Bible says, consider pure joy, my brothers. What? Consider what pure joy? When you're going through such trials and tribulations. Wait a minute, James. Hold up. Consider that joy. Consider what I'm going through joy. Consider what the situation I'm going through joy. Yes, consider it joy. Because when you're going through that, your character is being built. Perseverance is growing within you. You are learning to trust more on God. You see, breakthrough and blessing do not determine your spiritual growth. Your spiritual growth sometimes is determined by the trials and tribulations you go through and how you allow them to build you, to strengthen you, and to, for God to use them to guide your life. Amen. In chapter 1, we find that the prophet was upset with God and he questioned God by saying, Until when will you not listen? A mother cries for a child, is crying out for a child that is stuck in drugs. A son that is crying out for his parents because they're constantly fighting and battles at home. There's no peace at home. A father that is crying out for his daughter that is living promiscuously and crying out for change, for transformation, yet there's no change, no transformation. Someone that has been crying out, a Christian that has fallen time after time after time and cries out for deliverance and yet is still stuck at the same place. Is God deaf? Has God forsaken us? Has God abandoned us? Has God completely forgotten us? Let's be real, people. We are real. We have real life situations. Mm-hmm. We can't live in this phony thinking that things will not happen to us, that bad things don't happen to good people. Because sometimes we say, if God is so good, then why does bad, he allow bad things to happen? That does, bad things do not determine who God is. Mm. Bad things don't determine who you are either. Yeah. They're just things that happen. Doesn't mean that God has forsaken us. Our faith is that God is still for us. Yeah. Our God is th- still for us, and everyone that is against us needs to face our God. Amen. That's our faith. So how long, God, shall I cry, and how long will you not listen? How long? This is the prophet crying out to God. How long will you cry? Uh, How long will I cry? And how long will you not listen? Sadly, many of us, when we encounter these circumstances in life, we walk away from our faith. Like it's not worth it. And we just walk from God. We abandon God. Or we're still, quote unquote, in our faith, but our trust is no longer in God. Our trust is in our own strength. And what I could do to make it better. What I could do to fix it. Because we feel that God is quiet. Let me ask you a question. If you're speaking to someone and they're quiet, does that mean they don't care? When you're speaking to someone and they're quiet, does that mean that they're not paying attention? It could be 
that they're quiet because they're constantly listening to your cry and waiting for an opportunity to talk back to you. Wow. Could it be that God is waiting for you to shut up for a minute and just open your ears to listen to what he has to tell you? The prophet was like, how long do I have to cry and you won't answer? How long do I scream violence but yet you don't respond? But in chapter 2, he pauses for a minute. And this is what we're going to learn today. We're going to learn that there is power in waiting. Amen. Something we hate to do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We hate to do. When was the last time you went to a doctor's appointment? I don't understand doctors. I wanted to be a doctor, but I surely don't understand doctor's offices. You make an appointment for 10 a.m., yet they don't see you until 12 o'clock. What in the world is wrong with you doctors? Don't you understand that we value time as well as you value time? So please, value time. If you're watching today and you're a doctor, I love you. But come on now. Time is important, but yet we don't like. When we go to the ER, it's the emergency room. Means emergency. It's like, woo, 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 let's go. Right? You arrive in the ambulance, you still have to wait. You still have to wait. Waiting has its purpose. We just don't like it. Because we like things quick. In chapter 2 of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 1, here's the prophet responding to God, or speaking, better yet said. He says, I will stand my watch and set myself on rampart. And watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Are you questioning God more than you're seeking an answer? Let me say that one more time. Are you questioning God more than you're actually seeking an answer? Mm. There are people that are critical about everything. Like they're just critical. Uh, to me, that's a, that's a spirit. You're, you have a critical spirit. Doesn't matter what, they're always critical. But why this? But why that? And you give them answers. But, but why? But, but, do, 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 do. They look like chickens without a head. But why? And are you questioning God more than you're seeking his response? Mm, come on. Here the prophet says, I'm going to slow down for a minute. I'm going to stand my watch and I'm going to listen to what he has to tell me. I'm going to hear out what God has for me. Sometimes we become so wrapped up in our emotions and our thoughts that we shut our ears and open our mouths, complain and complain, and yet we don't listen to what God is trying to tell us. There's nothing wrong with questioning. There's nothing wrong with being real. I hate phony Christians. I hate people that are just fake. You're going through a circumstance? Be real. Be honest. Hey, I'm going. I'm stuck. I suck. I don't know what to do. I prefer that than for somebody to tell me, oh, it's all good. And I know it's not all good. Oh, it's all pretty, pretty, pretty. But it's not pretty, pretty, pretty. Just be real. We're humans. No one is greater than the other. We all are in need of a Savior. We all need Jesus. The beautiful thing is that God loves us just as we are. Amen. There's no higher than other. No perfect, unperfect. We're all imperfect. He knew, the prophet knew that even though he didn't agree with what God had told him, he needed to stand his ground, to step back for a minute and just listen to what God had to say. So God, you're going to do this. You say you're going to do something great. 
amazing, but yet I don't agree with the way that you're doing it. I don't agree with your method. I've been waiting and praying for months and I don't see an answer, God. I've been seeking you and the doctors constantly give me negative, negative, negative news, God. What are you trying to do, God? You're saying that you're gonna do something great and amazing, but yet you're gonna use the tools of the enemy. You're gonna use the enemy to, to come against me? What's the purpose in that? What's, what's, what's the purpose? Even though I don't agree with you, God, you know what? I'm going I'm to shut up for a minute. I'm going to stop my complaining. I'm going to stop my rambling. And I'm going to just listen to what you have to say. Would you be willing to do that today? Amen. Would you be willing to say, God, I don't, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with what I'm seeing, better yet said. Because sometimes I don't hear you. So I, I don't agree. But I'm going to stop for a moment. I'm going to hold back. And I'm going to listen to what you got to say. Because I've been questioning you for a long time and I've been asking for a long time, but now I'm going to listen to what you got to say. Would, would you do that today? Would you be willing to just pause for a minute and just listen to what God has to say? You know, a lot of people think that God will only speak audibly. He does speak audibly. I've never personally heard the voice of God, Eric, my beloved. But God also speaks to you to your heart. He, he nudges your heart. He speaks through his Holy Spirit. He speaks through his word. And he also uses people to speak to you. Sometimes it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be a Christian. I've had people that don't know about Jesus, don't believe in Jesus, speak to me a word of God. Because God is not limited to the vessel. Yeah. Well, yeah. God speaks. The question is, would you be willing to listen? Come on. Would you be willing to listen? How many of you have those um, friends that uh, just go on and on and on when you're going through a circumstance and they just try to encourage you and, and try to give you words of motivation and quote scripture like none ever, you know, like verse after verse and they text you verse after verse and you're like, I know all this, but I honestly don't want to hear all this. I don't want to go through all this. Would you just be quiet for a minute? Would you just <laughs> listen to me for a minute? I don't care about that right now. I need a solution to my circumstance. You know, the prophet probably felt like that because of where he was living and circumstances he was in. But listen to this. In verse 2 of that same chapter, it says this. The Lord now answers because he's willing to listen. And this is a famous verse we all know. Listen. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, tarries wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. It will not linger. It will not delay. God is responding now to the prophet and he's saying, you've been questioned. You don't agree with my methods. I understand that. But do this. Listen. Write the vision down. Write what I'm telling you. You might not see it right now. It might not happen today, but write it down. Write it down. This is a famous scripture that we always go to when we talk to people and we try to encourage them about things to come and greater things to happen, right? But we don't realize that the, the circumstance that the, this prophet was going through, the people of God, all that they were facing, the enemy that was attacking them that was greater than them, we don't understand that God is trying to tell them, hey, out of your circumstance, out of your darkness, I'm giving you a vision. I'm giving you a vision. The Bible says that the people perish because they have no vision. People perish because they have no vision. If you have no vision, you have no direction. And if you have no direction, where are you going to end? 
You're just going to walk in circles. You're just going to stay in darkness. That's why there is hope in the dark. That's why there is purpose in the darkness. Because God is giving you a vision for your life. God is giving you a purpose for your life. And he's saying, write down the vision. Write it down. God's response was not like our friend's response. God's, you know, our friends are constantly giving us, oh, don't worry, it's going to be good. The Bible says this. The Bible says that. And those type of friends, you just want to slap them, honestly. Let's be honest. Let's be real. You just want to slap them and say, I don't care what the Bible says right now. I just need God to do a miracle. I don't need you to quote me scripture. I need scripture to become alive and real in my life. I know what it says. If we're honest, that's how we feel inside. Let's be real. Don't put that, you know, oh no, it's always welcome. Yes, it's welcome, but you don't want it at that moment that you're facing a struggle. You don't want it if you've been struggling for months or years or, or whatever the case is and somebody just keeps on telling you this, 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 this. Job had that. Job had friends that they told him, but certainly you must have done this or certainly you must have done that. And it came to the point that he got tired of his friends. And God said, you got to forgive your friends first before I could bless you. Yeah. Because people sometimes could get really annoying with scripture. But God is not that annoying friend. God is not the friend that just talks, 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 talks and doesn't listen. We come, we're living in a generation that doesn't listen. There's a difference between hearing someone and listening to someone. What is the difference? When you hear someone talk, you're already calculating and generating a response in your head. And sometimes you don't even let them finish the sentence that you answer for them. I'm guilty of that. I do that all the time. Mm, Yeah. Well, thank you. (laughs) But I'm guilty of that all the time. But one thing I've learned is the power of listening. What is listening? Listening means you shut your thoughts out, you shut your response out, and you just listen to the person. And when the person gives the opportunity for you to answer, then you open your mouth and then respond. God is not one of those friends that hears you. He listens. Amen. God is not one of those friends that automatically calculates a response, even though he knows everything. Yeah. He takes the time to listen. He takes the time to hear you out, to just listen and feel you what you're going through. And then when you give him the opportunity to respond, he will respond and he will tell you things that probably you didn't want to hear Amen. or probably that you did want to hear. Yeah. And he tells, the, he tells the prophet, I'm going to speak life into you. But in order for me to do this, you have to do this. Write out the vision. Key number one, listen. Listen. Stop hearing and start listening to God. A lot of people, all they do is hear preachers and hear preachings on their podcast. And that's all good. I hope you download ours. It's all good. You can listen to, you can hear preachings all day long. But when would you stop hearing and start listening to God's voice? Amen. When, you, when would you stop hearing man and all their opinions and all of their thoughts and start listening to God's word, Amen. to God's voice, what God is trying to tell you? No one will be able to guide you more than God. If there's one thing I believe we've all failed at is listening. We need to learn to listen. Yeah. Point number two, write. First thing the prophet did was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen. What, what, what do you have to say, God? What? I'm going to listen. Second thing God tells him, now that now God responds because he listened, God tells him, write. I was thinking the other day, we don't write anymore. When, when I was younger, we used to write a lot, uh, pen and paper. School work was all written. I don't even, I don't know about today, but I think it's all technology driven. But, you know, we were preparing bags to give out to the students 
of the school that we're gonna be launching in, City Hialeah Education Academy. We did a backpack drive the other day and we were getting it and then people were like asking, well, what can we give? And some people were saying paper. And inside of me, I'm like, paper, pens, do they really even use that anymore? Yeah. Because, you know, we don't, we don't write down stuff anymore that much. But I remember that I have a bunch of journals in my, in my office that when I was younger, I used to write like everything that God would speak to me. I would write it down. I'll write down the verses. And I realized that the majority of the verses that I know today to memory are because I used to write them down. Because as you write, you recall, you retain more information and you can recall the information that you wrote rather than typing. Has it ever happened to you? You type an email and and somebody says, well, you said this in this email. And you're like, oh, what? I, I don't remember saying that. And then when you go back to the email, oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Because you're just, you're not retaining the information. You're not recalling the information. That's why, the, you know, the, God didn't say type it out or put it, print it out. He said, write it out. Write out what God has for you. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong. If typing works for you, do it. But to me, writing it out works better. Writing it and putting it somewhere where I could see it every day, where I could be reminded of what the goal is, what God has told me. That is what the prophet was being told by God. Write out the vision. Put it in tablets that whoever sees it could run with it. Amen. Could run with it. That will preach by itself. Whenever you see it, you run with it. You don't question it. You don't doubt it. You run with it. You trust God that what God is telling you through that darkness that you're going through, you're going to write it out and you're going to run with it. Amen. I remember I shared this last week when my dad was in the hospital. Uh, we wrote in a big piece of paper uh, somewhere where he could see because he couldn't speak. He lost his speech, right? So all he could do is talk to us with his eyes. And we wrote on a piece of paper, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we put it in a piece, in Spanish, we put it in, in front of him uh, where he could see it every day. When he woke up, he could see, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Probably he never vocalized to us that he could or he couldn't, but his eyes eyes saw it. The question today is, what are you seeing? Are your eyes fixed on your circumstance? Probably what you have printed is your circumstance. You know that mortgage bill that you can't pay, that, that threat notice from the bank, or probably that cancer notice from the doctor. Probably you have that written. Guess what? They write those things down. Well, you need to write God's promises down as well. Remember what God has promised you. Remember what his words is. Write it out. Scratch out the cancer notice. Scratch out the things that you can't achieve and put the word of God there where you will be reminded every day, this is the vision. Amen. This is the vision. First thing, listen. Second thing, write it out. Third thing, which we all hate, wait. Wait. Wait, because God told them in verse 3, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. God, thank you for the vision, but why does it have to be just for an appointed time? Why can it be now? Why can it be now? Did you notice that the things that taste best are the meals that take longest to process? Mm. You, you can't have a cheesecake in 10 minutes. I mean, you can make one up, but it's not really a cheesecake. Mm. Yesterday, I was trying to do a keto cheesecake because I'm doing keto. There's, you know, simple ones that you could just, uh, it's like a whipped one or a frozen one or whatever. But I wanted to have a real cheesecake. I want to, if I, if I can't eat sweets, because I'm on this diet, I want to at least pretend that it tastes as good, which it will taste good. But it takes time. Everything takes time. Everything that takes time, better yet said, is the better tasting meal. 
You don't go to a restaurant and order a delicious steak, whatever temperature you want it, and five minutes later have the steak right in front of you. You could, but that means that that steak was already done was probably uh, uh, pre-cooked, was waiting for you. So when you arrived, they gave it to you. It wasn't taken care of. It wasn't marinated or, or rubbed or, 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 or seasoned with time. It, wasn't it didn't take the time in the broil or whatever it is that they use to cook these steaks. And it didn't allow the juices to be soaked by the meat. It's the same thing with God. Yeah. God says, now wait for it. There's an appointed time. There's a time and season for everything. Write it out, go with it, but wait for it. But he says, he says something that we need to be reminded of. Though it may seem like it's taking long, it's not late. Amen. It's not late. Sometimes we think that God is late. I love how Craig Rochelle put it. If it's not God's time, you can't force it. When it's God's time, you can't stop it. Amen. Wow. Let me repeat that one more time because I love what he, what he wrote. If it's not God's time, you can't force it. You can't force God. You can't force God's timing. You just can't. But when it is God's time, you can't stop it. Amen. You can't stop it. Waiting is horrible. <laughs> I wish I could say that it was, it's good. I remember when our little boy was born, um, Liam, our first son, he went to the NICU because whatever reasons, and, and out of the 14 days that we were there in the NICU, which a lot of them were very painful days. One of the days, um, he was always a, he's always been a strong boy and always had been rough and, you know, ever since he was born. Uh, I wonder who he gets it from. And, you know, <laughs> um, little babies, they, they put the IV either in the foot, right? And he had it in his hand, but he kept on like ripping it out. Um, and they had already poked him so many times and since he was, he was a chunky baby, it was kind of hard to find the veins on him that the nurses said, well, since we can't, we, won't, we don't want to continue poking the same hands, you know, same areas, um, we're going to have to put it on the, on the head. And I freaked out. My wife and I freaked out. And we're like, no, 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 no. That's, uh, we kept on praying, God, do a miracle. They can't put it on his head, you know. And I remember that they took him away from us. And they, and they took him to the, to the room where they were going to prep him to do that. That procedure to put the IV because he had he needed antibiotics and he couldn't be off of it and I remember that we would hear him cry and I was in pain I was like why why how long is this gonna take how long and you know how much more time I don't want my son to struggle I don't want my son to suffer he's a little he's days old he doesn't know why why does he have to go through such pain and I remember that they came back like hours later. You know, I thought it was going to be like a 10 minute procedure or something like that. Sometimes waiting is not in our calculation. We, we calculate a certain time, but God's timing is different. And I remember that they brought him back and they're like, we were not able to do it. However, we will retry later on around 2 a.m. or something like that. I remember my wife and I prayed, our family prayed. Um, little did I know that there was nurses praying as well which we found out years later when we saw them again. And they remembered our son because they prayed for that. And I remember that that night I, I stayed with him, right? And I knocked out, I really did. I thought they were gonna tap me and tell me, hey, you know, we're gonna go do the procedure. I knocked out. I knocked out and when I wake up, he was already back in the room. It was like four in the morning. And when I look at him, he had the IV in his hand. They didn't have to do it in the head. What am I trying to say is that Sometimes the waiting 
has a purpose. Or better yet said, the waiting always has a purpose. We don't like to wait. We want things like that. God says in his word, write out the vision. What promises has God given you? Last week we had a friend of ours that came from DR and um, one, of the, one of the guys that works with us when we do missions in Dominican Republic. And I took him out uh, on Monday to, to South Beach to walk him around, show him you know, the famous Miami beaches and stuff like that since this is his first time in, in Miami. And I remember we were sitting down uh, in South Point, um, just chilling there, you know, uh, it was a very hot day and we're talking about God's promises. And he says, I'm remembered, I remembered right now that many years ago, you told me, hey, act in faith and fill out the application for your passport. Just do it in faith. There's nothing that's gonna cost you. And I, rem I actually remember telling him that, you know, one of the first visits or second visits of, of missions that we did many years ago. And I told him, do it in faith. Trust God that God will open the door. Well, years later, he tells me, years later, look at me now. I'm here sitting in South Beach with you, chilling. You know, God is faithful. And he says, I would have never remembered that until now that I saw the miracle. Sometimes we don't see the miracle right that minute. And what God is telling the prophet like he's telling us is your darkness, it's great. It's, it's, there's a lot of darkness. But know this, write down the vision. The vision is the light. The vision is that light in the darkness. Probably God gave you a promise through a, through a prophet or just a word uh, through his word. Uh, he, he nudged your heart. Somebody spoke to you. Whatever it is, write it out. Write out the vision and put it somewhere where you could see it and then wait for it. Because the Bible says this in that verse number three. It may take a little while, but know this, it's not going to be delayed. Amen. It might seem delayed, but it will surely come just in its appointed time. Amen. Sometimes we forget God's promises and God says, hey, I haven't forgotten. And he gives it to us and like, oh, I remember now you promised me this. You told me this. My encouragement to you today is that whatever circumstance you're going through, I'm not saying that it's one is greater than the other. All circumstances are important to God, but you are more important to God than your circumstance. And so he's giving you a vision. Listen to what he's telling you. Write it out and wait on him. Wait on him because he will amaze you. He will amaze you. Our son has never thankfully had to go back to the doctor for, the, for anything because God is faithful. He is good. I want to pray for you this morning um, as we close this morning's service. Probably you're hurting this morning. Probably you're one of those people that are questioning God. And like I said, it's okay. Don't, don't feel like you're the only person that questions God. We all question God. It's okay to, to feel like, you know what? God has abandoned me. God has forsaken me. How long will I cry? Like the prophet said, and you will not answer. It's human. We're humans. We're flesh and blood. That's how it is. But we have to know this. The prophet's name meant to wrestle and to embrace. He learned to wrestle with God, but to embrace him by faith. Probably you're wrestling this morning with the things that you're going through. Would you learn to embrace him by faith today? Amen. Would you learn to hold on to God and say, God, I don't know what you're doing. I really can't understand. To me, it seems wrong. It seems that it's not getting better. But God, help me believe. There's a story in the Bible 
in, in the New Testament that Jesus is on its way to heal someone. And, and someone comes up to him and says, Jesus, I need you to do this for me. And Jesus is like, well, do you believe? And the guy was honest. That's what I love about it. I think that's what Jesus loved about this guy. It says that he, he told Jesus, help me believe. Help me believe. Jesus said, do you believe? And the guy's response was, help me believe. Probably today you, you can't believe. It's hard for you to believe because life has hit you so hard that your faith is just weak. Welcome to the club. We all have circumstances in life where our faith feels weak. You're not the only one. But I've learned like that guy in circumstances where I feel like I can't believe to say, God, God, help me believe. Help me believe. And Jesus did help him believe. Help me believe. Help me have faith. Help me trust you. There's nothing wrong with saying, God, help me believe. I want to pray for you. If you're going through a circumstance that you just, it's overpowering you and you feel exhausted that you don't have the strength to continue moving forward, would you give your life to Jesus today? Would you trust Him to take it from you and do His plan in your life? Like I said, it might not be the way that you want it to be, but if we learn to embrace God by faith and wrestle with Him with the things that we're going through, if we learn to embrace Him by faith, we will see that He will give us a vision. And the vision is not to hurt us, but to bless us. Amen. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for everyone who's watching, for everyone that is in this room, Father God. Thank you for your promises because they're sure, Father God. You are unshakable, Father God. You do not repent. You're not a liar. You are true and you are faithful, Father God. And for that, we are thankful in this morning. God, even though we are going through circumstances that we don't understand, that sometimes we question and we ask, where are you? Like the prophet said, how long shall I cry and you not respond? God, we are going to learn to put our faith in you. Some of us feel weak today. Some of us might not have the faith. But I ask you, Lord, on their behalf, Lord, and on myself behalf, Father God, help us believe. Help us believe. Help us believe, Jesus, and trust you, God, that you are for us and not against us. Help us believe, Lord, that even in this darkness, you will provide hope. Even in this darkness, you will shine your light, God. And one day, Father God, we will walk out of the darkness because like the prophet, like the psalmist said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because your rod and staff, Lord, they protect and guide me, God. Lord, thank you for this morning, God. I pray, Lord, bless everyone, Lord, that is watching this right now, that will listen to it later on, Father God. I pray your blessing upon their life. I pray for now those that are um, there you're watching, and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Would you say this prayer with me? You know, there's... The greatest decision you will ever do in life is give your heart to Jesus Christ because it assures your eternity. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, tomorrow you're not assured. You don't know what's going to happen with you. Actually, the Bible says we all fell short of God's glory. But thank you, Jesus, who declares us not guilty. Would you accept Jesus today in your heart and say, Jesus, I need you. I give you my heart. You can do that with a simple prayer. Don't wait to tomorrow because tomorrow is not assured. Don't look around because this is for everyone. This is for everyone, including you. This is not just for the person next to you. This is not for the person that you're thinking about. This is for you. We all need Jesus. Would you say this prayer? Say, Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. 
I thank you for dying for me on a cross. I give you my heart. Come in. Make yourself the Lord and Savior of my life. I surrender all to you, and I trust you, Jesus, in this day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. At Ignite, we counted a blessing to engage each week with supporters just like you. If you were blessed by today's word, subscribe to our podcast and share it with someone you know. We believe in spreading the message of Jesus like a wildfire. Thank you for your support, and be sure to check us out on any of our social media platforms at Church Ignite. Until next time, be blessed, and remember, the best is yet to come.